Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashitino. And uh, first, before we even get started, I want to wish uh, Ramadan Kareem to my Muslim listeners. I know I have listeners in parts of the Muslim world, in part all over the world. There are Muslims everywhere, so Ramadan Kareem, uh, may it be a very blessed month for you. Um, also, we've had some uh, very interesting things go on in the last week, and um, I, I, it, a lot of it's going to bear with me as I bring all of it full circle around. So first of all, one of the important things, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, because I'm a bit biased on it, uh, the city of Rome celebrated its 2,773rd birthday. So happy birthday to you, Rome, the eternal city, of course, founded by the twins Romulus and Remus. Um, you know, of course, they had a fight. Romulus killed Remus, and that's why it's named Rome and not Rem. Um, <laughs> that's a little bit of a shout-out to Larry Connick Jr., who, by the way, put out a cartoon history of the world. Please, go, if, you, if you've never seen this, go online. Trust me, you've probably got a lot of time on your hands. Go online and buy the cartoon history of the universe um, I, you know, at least the first three, uh, books of it, you will enjoy it. It's wonderful, wonderful stuff. A hilarious, educational, um, just great stuff. But anyway, uh, the bottom line is that, you know, the, what, you know, the history, the foundation myth goes that, uh, Rome was founded. This is the traditional date for it, even though there had been evidence, um, of people living in and around the area uh, for thousands and thousands of years before then. Um, you know, it was, it was a convenient area. It had hills, which are good places to put, you know, civilizations because they're easily defensible usually. And, and uh, you know, the, the area around it in Latium is, uh, is, is fairly convenient. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, <clears throat> now also, uh, a day or two before that it was is the uh, date of the fall of Troy. Now, here's a fascinating thing, because uh, Troy, the city of Troy, the Trojan War, as uh, we know it historically, Troy was considered a myth like Atlantis for, for years and years and years and years. Homer wrote about it in the Iliad, talked about the war as it entered the 10th year, uh, Greek city-states versus the Trojans, Helen of Troy, Paris, Hector, Achilles, Agamemnon, blah, 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 blah. And um, the Trojan horse, of course, which rhymed. It's funny, I wasn't intending that. But the Trojan horse, the way that the Greeks managed to sneak into Troy and then d- destroy the city. And then you had the gods, the Greek gods taking sides in the war, you know, who is Poseidon supporting and there's, you know, uh, uh, Aphrodite and all these other guys. But at the end of the day, I bring that up because, you know, for years people thought, oh, this is just myth. It's mythology, okay? You know, it didn't really happen. I mean, characters, was Aeneas a real character? You know, the stories of the Trojan prince Aeneas uh, fled the city carrying his father and Jesus on his shoulders. And they fled and uh, Aeneas ended up going to Carthage and having an affair with Queen Dido. And she was like, listen, stay, we'll be great together. Uh, but of course the gods were like, no, you know, you have to go and found 
uh, you know, you have to go and, and kind of found a city in, in Italy. And he was like, all right, I have to leave. And then he left. And of course, uh, Dido killed herself. Um, and, you know, in, in killing herself issued a kind of, well, you know what? From now on, our people are going to be eternal enemies. Very convenient later on when a lot of this mythology uh, solidified. Very convenient because, you know, it gives you the excuse for why when Rome and Carthage went to war three times, uh, it wasn't because they were both fighting over trade routes and over, you know, uh, hegemony in the Mediterranean. Oh, no, 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 no. It goes back much farther than that. But it's fascinating because you get the Romans managed to, you know, Ovid and Virgil managed to come up with these ideas about how, you know, defining, uh, you know, how the Trojan War, the ancestors of the Romans, but then the Romans came back and conquered uh, Greece. I mean, there's always been this tremendous competition between Rome and Greece, um, for the two pillars of the ancient world. You know, who did this? And the Greeks say, well, the Romans took everything from us. You know, they basically just took all of our religion and everything else and gave it their own names. And then they're absolutely right with 90% of it, um, even militarily, you know, if you look back on it. I know this is thrilling for some of you. Just bear with me here. Uh, militarily, you know, the early Roman uh, you know, legions were hoplite forces. They fought the way that the, the Greeks did. I mean, it was, it was convenient at the time, uh, you know, and then eventually they changed and they diversified and became manipular units and, and court units. I promise one day I will do a complete episode about uh, the Roman military. I will um, probably get about three listens to it. But you know what? For the three people that do listen, they will be sitting there going, what a treat this is. Okay? That's the way I look at it. All right? Again, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Uh, so anyway, you had the fall of Troy. And then eventually what happened was, uh, it was the Germans found, oh my God, there's a basically a city here, the, well, the remains of a city. Um, I've been there, by the way. I was in Turkey a few years ago and went to Troy because you can't not do that. Um, I, the, the, besides Istanbul, which, by the way, Istanbul is one of my favorite cities in the world, uh, bar none. Um, I can see myself happily living there. Unfortunately, the current regime, not my favorite, but the people of Istanbul and the, and the culture of the city, it's just phenomenal. It's got... It's just literally got centuries and centuries of a combination of the best of everything from Europe and Asia. Um, and I was there and I went to two places, two main places that I wanted to go to. One of them was Gallipoli, uh, which I did. Um, you know, very. I'm a very big, obviously as a historian, I'm very big into World War I. And Gallipoli is one of the major, major battles of World War I. Uh, it was made into a movie years later, in the 1980s, Mel Gibson. Um, you know, it's just partly accurate, uh, but it, it's, you know, very, a very sobering thing. I mean, one of the major battles the Turks won, those of you who listened to my podcast about World War One, uh, you know, the Ottoman Empire, even though it was kind of in its last stages right there, um, they won two major battles against the British, uh, and their allies. And the two major battles were, of course, the, the Siege of Kut, where the British advanced into what is today Iraq and Kut. And um, the, the, the Ottomans forced them to surrender. And the other major battle was Gallipoli. Um, and, and they won there. But, you know, it's just amazing to actually be there. Uh, but, of course, Troy, and you go there, and, you know, Troy, according to the ancient sources, was on, literally almost on the beach. It was a port city. And when you go there today, 
the the beach is like you need uh, binoculars to be able to see it because over the course of a couple of thousand years you know the things have this this uh sediment has come in so you don't really have this um it, it's not on the beach anymore you know the stories of achilles and and hector fighting in paris on the on the beachfront which is where the greek armies were located that's not the case anymore okay it's not the case you're you're quite far inland and I will say this, it was funny because there are two main sections. Well, there were when I was there. So this is going back now about I think six years maybe. <clears throat> and one part was basically run by the American kind of stuff. And it's just like, okay, here's Troy. And the other part was run by the Germans. And it was just very much like, you know, now stand here and look to the right and you will see this. Then you take four steps and look to the left and you will see this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what happened was that, you know, the, the way that they, when they discovered this city um, and they were like, wow, this kind of looks like it could date to the time. There are several different iterations of Troy, uh, but they did find that there was one version of it. At, at one point, the city was destroyed by fire. And when they actually did carbon dating on it, um, they realized that like wow this is basically lining up to be right around the exact time that um you know the 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 historical accounts of the fall of troy are and so it's just proof and i love it because you know what i mean you know you take it and it's like well is is it is it history is it this or that maybe it is maybe it isn't but then we find out what really happened we're like oh my god we found evidence that yeah there was a city here it did have this. It fits the the, the you know the rules, um, and then that's it. And that's where we change our minds. And then, as historians, again, you know, uh, you know, every, everything is is up for grabs. Is it mythology? Maybe you know. I mean, Romulus and Remus were put into the the river, okay, um, to to escape. I mean, much like Moses, all right, uh, much like a lot of other characters. Uh, in history, it, it's a very common thing. You put them into the river in a basket. What's funny, though, and I will say this, this is, this is about as saucy as we're going to get right here. Um, this is educational. So um, the, the tradition with Rome, and especially if you follow football, not American football, football, you'll know that um, Rome, their symbol is the she-wolf, Okay. Um, the, the traditional symbol of Rome is the wolf. And then later on, they created um, uh, Rome with the she-wolf. And then you, uh, around the 1500s or so, I believe it was, they put the two young boys nursing. Because the story goes that Romulus and Remus, uh, the twins, were put into the river. And then they were, you know, they, they came ashore and they were rescued by a she-wolf. All right, and she took the boys and and nursed them, uh, treated them as her own, and saved their lives. Okay, and I remember what was great was um, Shakira, whom I I really love. I just I I do. I mean, first of all, I really enjoy her music, and second of all, she's actually a really good person. Um, you know, if you look up a lot of her stuff, she's done a tremendous amount of charitable work, which I'm always appreciative of. Uh, but anyway, uh, she had the, uh, uh, she released a single, uh, Loba, the she-wolf, okay? Now, she was playing it a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more saucy there. But the bottom line is, what's, uh, what's hilarious is that the Latin uh, 
for Shewol. It's not Loba, but it's similar because Spanish and Latin, you know, this, Latin is the root of all these languages uh, in Europe. Um, the word Lupa actually means both a she-wolf, but there's another meaning to it. And it's basically for, uh, it means a prostitute, uh, which would make a little bit more sense than being raised by a she-wolf. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but, uh, you know, the other possibility is that Romulus and Ramus were, um, you know, raised by, uh, by a prostitute. I mean, hey, whatever. It happens. There's nothing wrong with that. It didn't even anything. Uh, she was responsible for the foundation of the Roman state. So kudos to her, you know. Call it the oldest profession in the world for a reason. Uh, but anyway, so that's, that's that. We, we, we finished with that. Now, I've been talking about that for the last 10 minutes. And one of the things that I want to bring up is that when we talk about history, we talk about things that really happened and things that didn't happen. Now, in history, it's easy to really kind of get into this whole, well, it's mythology. I mean, did did Romulus and Ramus really exist? Who knows? Maybe there was a King Romulus at one point. Um, it might not have been. Was there an Achilles? Maybe, maybe not. As we get closer and closer to modernity, it becomes easier to be able to document individuals. For example, you have a lot of evidence that uh, Julius Caesar existed. You have writings about him. Uh, you know, you have temples bearing the Julius, you know, the Julii name. Um, so you're like, all right, well, he, he probably existed. And then as you continue going forward, you know, you're no longer in King Arthur land. You become like, all right, well, we know this guy. There are paintings of this guy. And there are conversations about this guy. Kings, queens, whatever. Even regular people. But what I want to bring up is the fact that with all of this, you end up having issues of what is, what is real and what is not. What do you believe and what do you not believe and why? And I've talked about this before. But I want to bring it up because I've, I've had a couple of disturbing things happen in the last week. And again, you know that I don't, I don't like to get terribly political, but I'm going to put this out there just because I, I do feel a moral obligation to do so. So first of all, <clears throat> let me put this out there. Please, wherever you are, whoever you are, despite coronavirus, and it's a terrible thing, and we're fighting it as best we can, and I... I, I'm, I've been really encouraged by some of the statistics that have come out that show that I think that we're really making gains. Like we're, we're I don't want to say beating it because we're not. I mean, you don't beat it. But because of our sheltering in place, because the majority of people are not idiots wandering around, you know, intentionally protesting things and yelling at nurses uh, to go to China and go back to China or go move to China. Uh, whatever that one, no, I don't know. Whatever that one individual was saying, uh, it was either go back to China or it's China. Uh, the bottom line is that we are making strides against this. And in places like New Jersey, where I live, that number, the number is kind of plateauing out, which is wonderful news. Um, you know, there's, there's some hope that maybe we can start reopening things in a little bit, you know. But the reason we're going to do that is because... <coughs> 
we've been smart about it, you know? We've, we've listened to the people that know what they're talking about. Um, it's painful. I, you know, I feel terrible. It's, it's, uh, I've always said I am a, <clears throat> I'm a teacher, and thankfully, I'm continuing to be paid. Uh, but I do understand there are a lot of people who are not being paid right now. And it, I feel terrible about it. I do. I really feel, um, you know, that, uh, like, for me, yeah, to be able to say, oh, listen, everyone, you got a shelter in place. No, I get it. And people turn around and be like, yeah, it's easier for you, buddy, because you're getting a paycheck twice a month. Uh, you could sit there and put your feet up on a desk and not worry. But for someone who who needs to go out and work, who's really worried, it is, it's a terrible thing. And I know that a lot of people where I live, you know, that, that are, you know, fortunate enough to be getting paid throughout this time, you know, we are trying to do things in the local community. And I advise everyone to try and do it, to help out, you know, donating money um, to different uh, causes. I mean, we have everything from, from people that need help at food banks, so if you can donate anything, to people who, uh, you know, we have a, a, a horse farm not far from, from where I live, they're desperate right now. They're desperate for food. They're like, our horses are going to start starving. And I love horses. So horses are such beautiful animals. Now, I also love people. So if it came down between the horse or the person, I, I, I'm going to donate money to the food bank. But, but if you can do both, you know, do both. But here's my thing. Um, the, the issue was that recently the president of the United States, um, who had been pitching this uh, hydrochloroquine, whatever the heck it is, a malarial thing, uh, which then turned out to be a complete and total nothing, uh, recently came out and talked about um, using disinfectants and, and maybe injecting them, um, and, and then talked about ultraviolet radiation and, you know, being able to kill the virus. And, okay, uh, idiotic, yes, but the bottom line is that my real issue isn't that. I mean, absolutely, the president has the right to come out and say these things. Um, but now it's, it's being walked back and it's like, well, no, he never really said that. That's the media, you know, is doing it. And this is where we come up with fake news versus real news, okay? So here's my thing. Uh, fake news is an easy thing to launch at someone. But when an individual has said something, okay, and I get it, things can get taken out of context, okay? I totally get that. Things can get taken out of context. But the reality is that when you say something, you can't then walk back and say, no, I never said that, all right? Um, you did. You said it. We have it on video or audio, however the case may be. And you end up into almost 1984-ish kind of. And those of you who've listened to me, you know. You know the deal with me in 1984. Me and 1984 are besties, okay? I've read that book so many times. I mean, I've, I've got... I get parts of the book memorized, okay? You know, I could act in the movie tomorrow and, and you know, it'd be like script. You know, we don't need no stinking script. Um, <coughs> I would love to see a remake of 1984. 
if there are any directors out there that are thinking about it, uh, contact me. I'm an excellent actor. I'd be very happy to jump in there. I could, uh, uh, I could play Winston Smith. I totally could. Totally could. But um, the other thing is that we, we talk about, uh, you know, this concept of reality. <laughs> and reality is something that doesn't really care what you think about it. You know, the coronavirus is going around now doesn't really care about your thoughts about its origin, your thoughts about what's going on. It's there and it's doing what viruses do. It's doing a fairly good job of it. We're fighting back on it, heroically. But, you know, just because you decide you, you know, you think you want to say something about it, um, it doesn't really change things, okay? And so... (coughs) My point is that, you know, we we have to be cognizant of this. Individuals need to understand that their words carry weight. And when someone like the President of the United States makes a statement, um, you know, that that you can that, that the Lysol company had to come out and be like, we do not advise people to use Lysol on themselves. Uh, Lysol is great, you know. I use it all the time when I have uh, Lysol. By the way, this is free publicity for you. I use Lysol all the time when I when I take my garbage out. Okay, I put the garbage, you know, from the different rooms in my house downstairs. I put them all into the main garbage, and then I spray everything out with Lysol because it kills off the germs. I like that. If if something happens, if you know, uh, uh, you know. Something was to happen, uh, you know, with the dog or something like that. I have a little puppy. She's 17. She's still a puppy to me. You know, okay, yeah, you spray Lysol all over the place. But you don't inhale it. You don't inject it into yourselves. You don't do bleach. I mean, for God's sake, remember when the stupid Tide Pod stuff was going around, the Tide Pod challenge? I mean, for God's sake, don't know. Eating bleach is a terrible, terrible idea. It should never be done. I mean, you would almost think you, you you shouldn't have to say these things. But then you get people talking about, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, maybe disinfectants can be injected to people and they can be better. No, they can't. Listen to the scientists, okay? Listen to the scientists. And that really kind of brings me full circle on what I was talking about. I know I've been, I've been a little all over the place today, but, you know, that's, you guys are used to this with me. I like to talk about a bunch of different things, and you know, a lot of stuff's been going on, and, and that makes me really, you know, I, I, I feel like, my God, I need an hour, two hours, and, and I need, I need a, a, you know, some of my buddies to jump in on this one here to really kind of uh, go back and forth with them, you know, because they, they bring a lot of great stuff up, too. Uh, but, you know what, the idea of fake news... And the idea of just blaming the media for everything, it only carries water for so long. Um, if you've said something and it's on record, you've said something. Uh, you, you can't then turn around and say, no, 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 I never said that. You know, I had an uh, argument with someone uh, the other day and they were like, no, the president never said that. That you know, the, And I was like, no, no, no. He, I, I know he didn't say Lysol, but he actually said 
you know, the disinfectants and they kill this right off the bat. I was like, no, he, but he didn't mean that. I was like, well, then what did he mean? Oh, well, you liberals are always trying. I was like, no, 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 it's not, it has nothing to do with being a liberal, okay? Um, you don't need to be a liberal. You can be liberal, you can be conservative, be whatever you want, okay? But when people say certain things, they need to be held accountable for that. And the idea that you could just say, well, this is, this is you know, nope, it's fake news, was never said, ignore it. That's very problematic. It's very problematic. And, you know, as a historian, um, you know, I deal with a lot of this stuff. You get a lot of conspiracy theories. And I've talked about that in the past. I had a podcast about that. But, you know, ideas like people say, well, look, you know, Atlantis was real. Well, no, there's no evidence Atlantis was real. No, it was was totally real because, uh, you know, uh, Plato talked about it. Okay. Well, where's the evidence? Well, you know, they didn't believe Troy was real. You're right. We didn't believe it was real. Many people thought that that was a, a myth until we found the remains of the city. We found the ruins. Then we believed it was real. Okay? Uh, that's how it works. That's how life works. Um, it's the same way, you know, if, if there's some kind of a medicine that can work against coronavirus... Well, then let's see evidence that it does. Let's not just speculate about it. Let's not just make stuff up that, no, 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 I've, I've heard that this works really well. Well, then where's the evidence? Where are the doctor's reports to say that this works? And if they do, fantastic. We've got something that works against it. That's good news. We all want that, but we can't rush to any kind of a judgment on it. So, uh, you know, my, my parting advice for everyone here uh, that's listening to me is please be very careful about when you're listening to people talk because uh, any, any kind of facts have to be verifiable. They have to be things that you can justify. And if someone makes a claim that something can do something, then, you know, okay, well, Where's the evidence for this? As one of my best friends the other day was like, no, he was like, you know, absolutely, drinking bleach um, will completely cure you of the coronavirus because you'll be dead. And so the virus won't exist in you anymore. Um, So yeah, on the one sense, drinking bleach will absolutely get rid of the coronavirus. Um, But not in the way I think that most people would want to find it gone. Uh, and so, you know, as I said before, we are, um, we are at a, a hopefully a turning point in, in the next month or so uh, against this for now. But please verify, okay? Uh, you know, check sources on things. You know, verify. We do this as historians all the time. You know, we look into the, you know, what's going on. If someone makes a claim, okay, fine. But then let's, all right, where, where's your evidence? So if someone makes a claim about something as a cure, something can cure this, this um, you know, coronavirus, please do check out any kind of, of uh, you know, where's the evidence? Because that's what it comes down to. And I don't want to see anyone getting hurt or anyone hurting anyone else uh, as a result of this. In any case, um, that does it for us for today. A uh, little bit of a shorter uh, podcast today, but... Um, I am going to, I know, I've been telling you guys this for a while, and I apologize. I keep intending to do stuff midweek, 
Um, but then I end up running into issues, you know, just a lot of stuff going on right now, as I'm sure a lot of you have uh, going on. And But I will be trying to put something out midweek uh, this week, hopefully. Probably a little shorter, a little shorter. I'm going to do like a 15 to 20 minute podcast um, on what's going on. But we've got a lot. So anyway, as I always tell you guys, please do follow me on Instagram, uh, Antonius Optimus. I'm also on TikTok as the Mad Historian. I try and put some fun stuff up there. Uh, yeah, history related. Everything is uh, is G rated. So I mean, you could if you're younger, you could show your parents, and you don't have to be if you're if you're older, you can you know watch it around anyone else. Um, I try and keep things light. Uh, funny, bringing a little bit of history into everything that I can. Uh, but in any case, uh, I'm really thrilled that, you know, my, my podcast continues to circulate around the world. I love seeing new countries come in there and, and, and listening to me. Uh, so to all of my listeners around the world, um, please stay safe, be safe, make good choices, trust but verify, all of that good stuff. And I will talk to all of you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before too long. So take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.